avizandum. In Scots law, this term describes the careful consideration given by the judge before an important decision. Join me each week as we explore various topics from a spiritual perspective and take matters avizandum. A popular preacher has advocated that the New Testament must be unhitched from the Old Testament. God in the Old Testament seems very angry, very wrathful in this view. There's also a lot of nasty stuff in the Old Testament, such as women being treated as pieces of property. A lot of problems have been caused in the church, as well as in history, by propagating some of these Old Testament attitudes whereby we end up hating our enemies rather than loving them. When we read the New Testament, we see that things are very different. So according to this view, I would say a very false view, when we come to the New Testament, we see a God who is loving, tolerant, brokenhearted. Jesus tells us not to hate our enemies, but to love our enemies. So in this view, let's unhitch the Old Testament and follow the teaching of Jesus, which will connect much more with people in today's culture rather than trying to explain some of the problems in the Old Testament. Now, this, of course, is not a new idea. In the second century, Marcion taught that the Old Testament God is a creator God, totally different from the Redeemer God of the New Testament. So the Old Testament should be disregarded. It should be unhitched by Christians who should concentrate their attention on the New Testament. This heretical view was firmly rejected by others such as Irenaeus. Truly, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, what can I say about this idea of unhitching the Old Testament from the New Testament? In dealing with these issues, it's always good to ask ourselves, what was Jesus' view on this? It's clear from the New Testament that our Lord Jesus not only quoted the Old Testament scriptures, but made it clear that scripture cannot be broken. That's John 10, verse 35. And the Old Testament apostles quoted frequently from the Old Testament scriptures. So they, the apostles, they did unhitch the old from the new. Paul, as he deals with the wilderness experience of the children of Israel, writes in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Writing to the Romans, Paul states, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. That's Romans 15, verse 4. Paul reminds Timothy that Timothy was acquainted with the sacred writings from infancy, and that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. And here Paul was primarily referring to the Old Testament scriptures. God's word abides forever. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled the law by living in perfect obedience to the Old Testament scriptures. And furthermore, all of the messianic prophecies in the Old Testament find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. But Jesus also fulfills the law, not only by explaining its full meaning, but by declaring in a fresh way that its completion is in him. 
That is, Jesus not only is the fulfillment of Scripture, he is the interpreter of Scripture. It's true that now that Jesus has come, the law is seen in a different light, but it is not passed away until all is accomplished down to the minutest detail, the jots and the tittles. So Jesus is teaching that down to its minutest detail, the Old Testament Scripture is the Word of God and endures forever. Jesus also makes it clear that the law is not to be relaxed, but obeyed and taught. He says in Matthew 5, verse 19, Whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Through the pure and free grace of God, based on the person and the redemptive work of our Lord Jesus Christ, we receive his righteousness. Then we enter a love relationship with God where through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to obey the law of God. Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 4, So the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. As we read the Sermon on the Mount, it's clear that Jesus is interpreting the law and fulfilling it in light of his own person and ministry. So we who are followers of Christ, we're not under the Mosaic law as an external code of conduct, but we are under the whole law of Christ and therefore love our neighbor as ourselves and bear one another's burdens. And in this way, we fulfill the law of Christ. The Old Testament scriptures reflect the character of God and provide wonderful examples to us. In the law, we also learn of the holiness of God and the majesty of God. Yes, the word of the Lord remains forever. In 1 Peter 1 verse 25, Peter says that as he quotes from the Old Testament, therefore, we do not unhitch the Old Testament from the new. That is an erroneous and a very simplistic approach to Scripture, all of which is inspired by God. So, read the Old Testament as well as the new. And as you read the Old Testament, notice how it all points to our Lord Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the law and its interpreter. Avizandum. You're listening to the weekly Avizandum podcast from The Verdict, featuring Pastor John Monroe. John is senior pastor at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Listen to John's daily program, The Verdict, on broadcast radio or major podcast platforms. For more information about The Verdict Ministry, visit us online at calvarychurch.com slash The Verdict.